So is everybody feeling okay this morning? You kind of like getting your legs under you for 2020? So far? So good? Okay. You're starting to, starting to sign your checks in the right way and uh, <laughs> get all that right. So make sure you sign in on social media before we jump in too far. Uh, pull out your phone, check in, and then share the video uh, feed, the live feed of the service. Make sure your friends know that they can kind of uh, peer in on what's going on here, even if they're not with us live. They can catch us uh, through video and the, the beauty and the magic of technology. And uh, so why, when you do that, after you do that, go ahead and open your Bibles to Proverbs 18 and James chapter 1. We're going to look at passages in Proverbs and James. Proverbs 18, James chapter 1. And I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, you are so good. We thank you for the freedom uh, that you give us in this place. We thank you for the freedom that comes from grace. Um, God, you didn't didn't come to uh, abolish the law. You came to fulfill it so that we didn't have to try to do that on our own. And Lord, we have freedom because of that. We have freedom. We have freedom in that grace. So Lord, we praise the Father. We praise the Son. We praise the Spirit, that beautiful Trinity. And God, we pray that, that... All elements of the Godhead uh, will be pleased with what is said this morning, with the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, and Lord, that it will all be acceptable to you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, so we are in week two. Welcome to week two of Love, Listen, Learn, and Launch. This is week two of a two-week sermon series, so this is it. We're going to wrap this thing up today because it's only two weeks. Last week was the first week, and we introduced you to this just four-word process uh, that we really want to embed in the culture of our church and in our own personal lives for, for 2020 and beyond. And the reason that we want to uh, spend so much attention and dedicate so much time to this over these two weeks is because so many of the things that keep us from achieving our best uh, in our personal life, that keep us from achieving our best in our church life, is related to miscommunications and misunderstandings and then making decisions or taking action based on faulty information. We know that it happens all the time. And so we want to look at this process to help get past the the dangers that come with doing that. Now, listen, love, listen, learn, and launch. It's, it's It's not complicated. It's a very simple process, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And I think one of the biggest reasons that this is not easy, because as we mentioned last week, we live in a culture that is shoot first and ask questions later. We, we want to we come out of the gates at full speed. We want to we react to what we've heard, what we've seen before we know a whole story in too many cases. And we do that in our, in our personal lives. We do it in our work lives. Uh, We do it uh, in our family relationships, and we do it in church as well. We shoot first 
and then we ask questions later. So I think God has laid this, this paradigm on my heart for love, listen, learn, and launch. The jumping uh, off point for this was from Proverbs chapter 18, two verses that we looked at last week. I just want to bring them to your attention again this morning. Uh, Proverbs 18 uh, and verse 13, uh, we see, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it's folly and shame to him. In other words, if, if you try to respond, if you try to react, if you try to make choices and decisions before you fully heard it, then it is a folly and a shame to him. And then jump down to verse eight, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 17. The first one to plead his cause seems right. So the first person that you hear from always sounds like they're the, they're, that's, that's the legit story. That's the whole story and nothing but the truth. And the first person to plead his cause always seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. And so the point that Solomon is making in verse 13, where he says, he who answers a matter before he hears it's folly and shame, is that when we act too quickly, when we make decisions or we make choices without full disclosure, it is always to our detriment in some shape, form, or fashion. He says it is folly and shame him because when we go off half-cocked, when we, when we take action, make choices, make decisions on limited information, which in most cases is faulty information, then it's always to our detriment in some shape, form, or fashion. But we have to acknowledge a few weaknesses. We have to acknowledge a few weaknesses that, that need to be addressed in order to change this because this is, this is our normal course of action. For people in our culture and the things that we deal with, this is our normal course of action. So let me reintroduce you to the first two parts of this, which we looked at last week, and I'm just going to summarize these really quickly. It starts with love. This whole process of love, listen, learn, and launch starts with love. And, and let, me, let me kind of take this from a slightly different perspective than I did last week. All right, now, when we like somebody, when we like somebody, when we have an affinity for them and, and, and we feel a kindred spirit with them and somebody brings information to us that is not favorable to them, we usually give them the benefit of the doubt. We give our friend the benefit of the doubt, right? Because they're our friend. We know them. We like them. And somebody comes and says something bad about our friend, we just kind of blow that off. We give our friend the benefit of the doubt. Or, or if our friend is saying something that we are listening to and it, and it could be taken in a variety of ways, we tend to give them the best possible interpretation of what they just said instead of going in the worst possible direction, right? Would, would you all agree with that? Yes, okay. When we have an affinity, appreciation, a like, a friendship with somebody, we give them the benefit of the doubt when somebody says something negative or when they say something to us that could be taken the wrong way. On the flip side of that, when it involves somebody that we don't like that well, then when somebody says something to us about the person that we don't like that well, here's how we deal with that. Tell me more. Right? Tell me more. We don't dismiss it. 
We don't give that person their talk about the benefit of that. Why? Because we don't like them. Or if they're speaking to us, this person that we don't like that well, if they're speaking to us and they say something that could be misconstrued or misinterpreted, we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't give the best possible interpretation of what they just said. We take the worst possible interpretation of what they say. Can, I, can somebody just say amen? Am I preaching the truth? Okay. All right. We're all sinners, y'all. So let's just be honest about it. But here's the thing, this is, none of this should involve how you feel about somebody else. It shouldn't involve how I feel about somebody else. This is about love. And love, as we talked about last week, is not about emotion. Love is not how you feel about somebody, whether you happen to like them or not. Love is a choice. Look at the person beside you and say, love is a choice. Now say it like you mean it. Church, the Bible teaches us that love is a choice. And we must, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must make a choice to love one another enough to not take the worst possible interpretation about somebody just because we don't like them. Amen? We have to exhibit love because that's what the Bible teaches us to. And then, as a result of expressing love and choosing to love somebody, then we are willing to listen to them. And that means that if they say something that we want to go in the worst possible direction with, that means that we hit the pause button and we clarify that. We don't just make the worst possible interpretation of it and then run off and tell somebody else. We say, hey, wait a minute, you just said something. I'm not sure I understand that right. Did you just mean X, Y, Z? And when they say no and they have a chance to clarify then you have, you have saved a brother, right? You have, you've saved a relationship. You've, you've created an opportunity to stop the devil from creating division. It also means that when someone brings information to you, that you are willing to say, you know what? Before, before I take your word completely for this, I need to actually go listen to what the other party that's involved in this has to say about it. Amen? Do you think that's what the Bible teaches, church? Yes or no? Okay. I'm just making sure that we're reading the same Bible because I'm, I'm pretty sure that my Bible tells me that's how this is supposed to work. All right? So listen proves love. It's demonstrating love. I value you enough. I may not even like you, but I value you enough to love you. And love means to seek someone else's best uh, results, their well-being, their best uh, intentions. It's not about you. Love is about what's best for someone else. 
And love is saying, I may not like you, you and I may never be friends, but the Bible calls me to love. I want what's best for you. So I don't wanna put you in a box and make a choice about you, make a decision about you that is only partially or poorly informed. I wanna love you enough to listen to what you have to say about this issue. Okay. There's a chance, you know, it could get quiet here and there during the course of this, but that's all right. Because, you know, the Lord will preach, amen? The Bible speaks and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Anyway, when we're listening to somebody, it is not just to humor them. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to go, well, you know, we're supposed to listen, yes, but it's not about just checking the box. Well, I listened, did you? (laughs) Well, I listened to it. Did you really? Because the point of the listening is to learn. Did you know that? The point of the listening is to learn. Now, let me just give you something to think about here. Why do we ask doctors to go to school and get training before they perform surgery? Why, why do we ask engineers or architects to go to school and study before we let them build buildings? Why, why do we ask or expect a pilot to get training before he flies the plane that you're on? I mean, how many of you, if you had to have surgery this week, would want somebody who hasn't even been to medical school yet to cut you open? Y'all signing up for that? You can get it on the cheap. (laughs) Save you some money. How many of you want to take your next flight with somebody who's only flown planes on a video game? Why, Why do we have this expectation of people going and getting trained or being certified in certain things before we let them offer a service to the general public. And it's, here's why. Because if you attempt to do something that you are not qualified to do before you get the proper training, it probably will not work out well for anybody involved. There's going to be some pretty ugly consequences in most of those circumstances. And y'all, this is true for Christians too. God does not set us as Christ followers outside the realm of of the, the normal laws of nature and consequence. Now, listen, God is a supernatural God and he can, when he chooses, and if he chooses, he can supernaturally enable and equip any of us to do a particular thing at a particular given moment in time. He can do that supernaturally. But that is not the way that God normally operates. Do you understand that? God doesn't set us just because we're Christ followers. He doesn't set us outside the normal way that things work. God expects us as Christ followers to go through the process of reaching for information, of attaining uh, learning and knowledge before we take action on that. 
And more times than not, if we try to do it the other way around, if we try to take action, if we try to do something before we've really gained the appropriate information, it will almost always turn out badly. It'll be counterproductive at best, and it'll be destructive at worst. That's why if you look in, in Proverbs 18, another verse in this same chapter, Proverbs 18, 15, Solomon says, the heart of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Seeks knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. How do you recognize that seek is an active word? Right? I mean, you, if you play hide and seek and you're only hiding, there's only hiding, that's not much fun. I mean, if there's nobody seeking, what's the point of the game? Seeking is an activity. It's an active thing. And it says that the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Church, guess who Solomon is saying is responsible for tracking down appropriate information and confirming it? Who's responsible? We are. are. (laughs) You're responsible for that. I'm responsible for that. And what, by way, by way of contrast, what is he saying if you're not willing to seek knowledge, what is he saying about you? What's he saying? You're not wise. If you are not willing to seek knowledge and seek to confirm information before you do something, you are not wise. Proverbs chapter 2, if you want to flip over to that, you can. I'll put this on the screen for you. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10, says, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, verse 11, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. Keep you from what? What what will understanding keep you from? Keep you from stupid stuff. Discretion and understanding will keep you from doing stupid stuff. How many of you will confess you've done stupid stuff over the course of your life? Amen. You know, for... Four of the most famous last words are, hey, y'all watch this. Hey, y'all watch this. Famous last words. We do a lot of stupid things without thinking about it. Do you know almost always those words precede doing something that that person did not think about? Hey, y'all watch this. I don't know, he just said, y'all watch this, and then that happened, I don't know. (laughs) That almost always proceeds doing dumb, dumb things. But Solomon says that discretion and understanding will preserve you and it will keep you. We have a tendency to run off and exercise judgment make decisions, take action when we are poorly 
informed or only half informed. And when we do, more times than not, we do really dumb and stupid things. And Solomon says that if, if, you, if you want to have wisdom, then a wise person seeks knowledge. You make an effort to go find it. Now, I thought, you know, I've thought to myself, why, why is that such a hard thing? And I think it's just because most of us have become lazy. We're just lazy. It, you know, I, I wrote, I wrote, a, I used to write songs. I was in a band for a while. And, uh, and I wrote a song one time called Put Feet to Your Prayers. And, um, and there, was a, there was a lyric in, in that song that I wrote that it said, you can sit under the tree and pray that the apple will fall right into your lap so you don't have to get up at all. But if that's your plan, you're going to be a hungry man. Because if you want to eat, get up on your feet. Put feet to your prayers. We've got to the place where whatever comes into our, our you know, uh, vicinity, if it falls into our lap, we just accept it. We don't investigate it. We don't take any act, you know, uh, 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 action on trying to find out whether or not it's, it's true or not. If, if you're sitting there and, a, and a, a piece of fruit falls into your lap, you know what? It might have fallen because it's ripe. It might have fallen because it's past ripe and it is now rotten. I don't know about you. I'm not real big on eating rotten stuff. It's just not that enjoyable. But I can promise you, a lot of us are consuming rotten things because they fall into our lap and we don't want to make the effort to get up and make sure that it's still good enough to eat. Wisdom seeks knowledge. It wants to go track it down, find out if it's true before it does anything stupid because discretion will preserve you understanding will keep you so we listen not just to humor somebody we listen not just so that we can say well I listen to them no we listen in order to learn we want to learn what is the truth we want to learn what do I need to do to take this next step what do I need to know in order to accomplish what God is asking me to do we want to not just listen in order to say well I did what I was supposed to do no you listen in order to learn and once we have learned then and only then should we think about launching now, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and one of the coolest things that I remember when I was a kid was when there would be a, uh, a space mission. Any of you gather around your black and white TV and watch the spaceships blast off from Cape Kennedy? Any of y'all do that? I was, I was a kid. I, I remember when, when we did the first um, launch to the moon, the Apollo series, and we knew that this was 1969. We knew they were going to the moon. And I remember watching that rocket blast off. Uh, and man, that was probably 10 to 15 of the most exciting minutes that you could ever experience. I mean, the tension, the uncertainty, 
I mean, it was just mesmerizing. And when you think about it, you got, you got a, a, a rocket that weighs probably about 4 million pounds going from zero to 17,500 miles an hour in about eight minutes. Sweet. That is, that is some unbelievable acceleration. And, and it, takes, it takes eight minutes to reach orbit. And, and of course, you know, the, the TV camera would watch it and, and first you'd have a really good picture of it and then it'd get real fuzzy, you know, because it was so far away, but you could tell it was still doing okay. And man, I mean, even when you could barely tell what was going on, it was still exciting. But it wasn't just the launch itself because those last five minutes or so, you know, before, before the, the rocket blasted off, I mean, the tension was so high because, well, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? You know, is the weather going to be okay? Are they? And you got T minus 10, T minus 9, T minus 8, T minus 7. Yeah, we have ignition. <laughs> it was so awesome. I totally loved it. Again, probably the 8 to 15 most exciting minutes that anybody would ever experience. But you know what? Before that 10, 15 minutes of excitement, there was a whole lot, an enormous, time-consuming amount of learning, planning, and preparation that took place. Otherwise, there wouldn't be people sitting in the seats at the top of that rocket. Incredible time spent in understanding, in training, in preparing, in thinking through what the possibilities are. All of that preceded that moment where it had ignition and that rocket took off. So thank goodness for all that planning, right? But what if you did all that planning? What if you did all the training? What if you did all the preparation? What if you did all the work to get that rocket built, get it out to the launch pad and you just let it sit there forever? What sense would that make? Why did you do the learning? Why, why did you do the work? Why did you do the plane? Just so you could sit it out there and look at it for years and years and years. Oh, look at that rocket. You know, that thing could actually go out into space. That is so cool. No, you didn't do that. You did all that work so that you would hit the ignition button and it would lift off and go out into space. All of the learning, all the planning, all the work was so you could launch it. Now, turn to James chapter 1. Now, we looked at one of these verses last week, but we're going to add to it this week. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, James says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive, receive the good information. Receive the transformation that God offers that can change everything about you. And then, verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. 
Church, what would be the point of doing all that work for the rocket, getting it out there and letting it sit? That would be foolish. It'd be a foolish investment of time. It'd be a foolish investment of effort. It'd be a foolish investment of resources. The point was to launch. And the point of our transformation, the point of the information that we gather, the point of the wisdom that God wants to pour into us as we go through the process that he has told us that we need to follow, the point of all of that is to launch. It's to do something with it, to do something about it. God never, ever intended for us to just receive information, just seek information, and sit on the launch pad forever. Now, James is clearly calling us to launch. He's clearly calling us to take action. But I want to caution you that there's two ways that you can launch. You can launch reactively, and you can launch proactively. Now, here's the problem with reactive launching. Do not, do not launch into action against someone based on half a story or a partial truth. Do not launch into action for a cause based on half a story. Make sure that you have all the information that is necessary and that gives you the fully developed picture that can reasonably be gathered before you take action that might cause a problem or damage someone else. See, that's reactive launching. We experience that in our culture all the time. We experience it in our homes and we experience it in our churches. We react and launch inappropriately. We, we take action without fully informed information. And that is not the kind of doing that James calls us to. That's why in verse 21, he said, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Receive the implanted word. Receive everything that God said. Go through the process that God has told you. Be transformed by what God says that we should do, by living how God says that we should live. And when we do that, then we take action based on what God has told us is consistent with his word as a Christ follower. Do you know when we take action that's not consistent with God's word as a Christ follower, we do damage to the cause of Christ? Do you understand that? We do damage to the cause of Christ when we launch into action and it is not consistent with going through the steps of the process that God has told us that we need to follow. But he does say that we're supposed to take action in a positive direction. Once you've done that, once you've done verse 21, once you've processed information as best as you can and learned what you need to in a healthy way, then don't just let it sit there, then do something about it. Because our goal in all things, in all of life, our goal in everything that we do is supposed to be to glorify God. Right? You know that, right? Our goal is to glorify God in all things. You know what doesn't glorify God? Is his people 
sitting and doing nothing. That does not glorify God. James says, don't do that. Don't just gather information. Don't seek knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. Seek knowledge that is from the word of God, consistent with the word of God, so that you can take action based on the word of God. Amen? Amen. James 4, 17, I'll put this verse on the screen for you. James says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it's what? What's the last word? Wow. See, a lot of us think, man, we're okay because, you know, we're not doing something bad. But James says, if you know to do something good and you're not doing it, that's sin. See, the, the point of all of this information, the point of what God is trying to teach us, the point of knowledge is not just for the sake of knowledge. It is so that we can act, that we can launch in accordance with God's teaching. So that what we do in our lives brings honor and glory to God. Does that make sense? Then Solomon says in Proverbs 14, 23, he says, in all labor, there's profit. But idle chatter leads only to poverty. Idle chatter leads only to poverty. Okay, so let me recap this. We have to sit and listen and learn. And in most situations, that comes through the back and forth, the give and take of conversation. But as Solomon puts it there in Proverbs 14, he said, idle chatter leads only to poverty. Can I summarize that another way? Talk is cheap. That's what he's saying, isn't it? In labor, there's profit. But idle chatter, just talking about it, leads only to poverty. Uh, Doing something, launching into action based on what God has revealed to us through his word, when we've taken the time to love someone in order to listen to what they have to say, to learn what's going on, and then we launch, that brings honor to God. In that labor, there's profit. But just a bunch of talk? That talk is cheap. So when it comes to the process of loving and listening and learning and launching, I mean, what, what, what kind of action could we be talking about? Well, what about helping somebody with their goals or something, a mission that they want to accomplish? How would you even know what somebody's goal or, or mission might be? How would you know? How would you know? You have to listen to them. So maybe, maybe the action that, that you need to take is in the process of the give and take with your brothers and sisters, with someone in your family, with somebody, they want to take some sort of a, an action that is consistent with the Lord, that honors the Lord. And you know that. And so maybe the action that God is calling you to is to help them accomplish that very thing that the Lord laid on their heart. But you wouldn't know it if you didn't take the time to listen. Maybe an action that needs to be taken is maybe you need to restore 
a relationship that's been damaged because you acted inappropriately. Or maybe they acted inappropriately. But it's damaged because one of you didn't follow the process that God reveals to us in his word. There wasn't enough love engaged in this. There wasn't a willingness to flesh out what was actually the truth. And something's been damaged. You might have that situation at work. You might have it somewhere in the context of your family. You might have it somewhere in the context of your church relationships. But maybe that's the action that that you need to take as you start 2020. Because I promise you, y'all, we will never have the year that we want to have unless we're going to follow God's plan for it. It's just not going to happen. If we want God's blessing, then we got to live in a blessable way. Did you hear that? If we want God's blessing, we got to live in a blessable way. We got to live in a way that's consistent with what he teaches. Maybe the action that you need to take is providing a need for somebody who is in need. And you know that there's a need because you took the time to listen. Church, James calls us to action. Solomon calls us to action. The Bible calls us to launch into action, but only when it's consistent with the principles and the guidelines that we learn in his word. When we launch into action in ways that are not consistent with this, we're going to mess stuff up. We're going to do stupid things. I know we all want 2020 to be great. There's nobody who doesn't want this year to be great. You got to embed this in your life. As I said earlier, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy because it takes time. It takes effort. And we've really gotten pretty lazy about doing things God's way. We'd rather do them our way. And the final step, final step to all of this is necessary. It's important. I mean, the launching part, but it won't happen. We won't do it the right way until we make a decision first to love like Jesus did. I leave you with this verse of scripture from the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is what? Love. See, this always circles back around to love. Church, as 2020 is ahead of us, we need to love people enough to give them the benefit of the doubt, to listen, to always think the best instead of the worst, to learn in the process. And then once we know the truth, the the story, the training, whatever the case may be, 
we do that, then we take action. That's honoring to the Lord. That's honoring to the gospel. And it's all centered and revolves around love. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. As Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, pray that you'll bless your word today. You'll bless this church. You'll bless the year that is ahead. Because we're acting in accordance, Lord, with your word. We're acting in accordance with your teaching, with your principles. And God, I pray that you will help us to embed this in our hearts, embed this in our consciousness, within our church, within our families, within our places of work. God, help us to live in this way that is pleasing to you. And Lord, now as we come to the end of this service, may we respond in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen.